0: You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app.
1: Great is our faithfulness. Man, what a great song that is. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking about today. As we start this series that we do every year on finances, one of the biggest things we, we want to get across to people is God's faithfulness to us. I know I've personally seen is the faithfulness of God. When I put Him first in my finances, I'm here with Ken Burke, who's been at Grace. How many years, Ken? Over 30. Over 30, right at 30, because we started 30 years ago. So, yeah, yeah, before that, right. High places, high places, youth ministry. You and your wife were dating at the time. We called you Ken and Barbie (laughs) as you came in. Yeah, there you go. Uh, But we're going to talk about the faithfulness of God because he is faithful. But I think because I've been doing this so long, there's probably 20 percent of you who have never heard Heard me speak on finances, and the other 80% who have are oh, Craig. I've, I've heard all these messages before, and but the challenge is we can hear something, and know it's the right thing to do but still have a hard time taking that very first step of saying, God, I'm going to trust you with my money, because I'll be honest with you. I, I know that's the hardest thing for people, the to trust God with, with their finances, to, to put God first in this area. Uh, it's very scary. But Ken, you've seen the faithfulness of God and you understand what fear is of mm. <laughs> taking that first step towards sure. giving and, and the ups and downs of that. This has not been a, an easy road for you. Mm. I mean, early on, you've been a business owner, mm. but early on, I remember years ago, uh, almost losing your house. What was it like in the middle of that? knowing, wait, I've been giving to God. Why is this happening to me? Can you share a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Remember, God is always working on our behalf because he loves us. And sometimes we don't understand it. And that's why it's so important to, to trust Him when things don't look like they're going the right way. And uh, But if we stay faithful, it makes it easy for God to show us how much He can provide. And miraculously, He did provide uh, for us in those times where we should have lost our home. We didn't have the means to hire an attorney. We didn't file for foreclosure. And because the Lord was speaking to me in His word. And that's another thing. Yeah. It is so important to hear the voice of the Lord when facing uncertainty, because he'll certainly give you peace to make that next decision. And so it was in that time frame that we got blessed.
1: It's really good. You know, what would you say to people, Ken, who are here today? They're not a business owner. I mean they're, you know, they're, they're, they're dealing with not the same maybe amounts that you are, but they're, they're, they're struggling with giving God and I mean, what would you say to a person that's going, man, I, I know it's a step I need to take. Uh, uh, where do I start?
0: Sure. Well, I find that, you know, when I give God 10%, it takes a hundred percent of my faith because I'm thinking about a hundred percent of my situation and all the fear comes. So the key is a hundred percent of my faith. So if it was me and I was starting out, maybe a hundred percent of my faith would be one percent so I could have faith enough to give one, so I can at least see God move on that one, and then get to two, and three until, you know, I get to the 10 based on God's faithfulness and not rushing into something. God loves you right where you're at. He wants to meet you and show you that he is faithful.
1: It's funny, one of the tangible ways we can see uh, God's blessing in our lives, we can pray for things and we never see sometimes a tangible, but the tangible faithfulness of God can, can be seen in giving. When when we really begin to give, you see God tangibly return back to you absolutely. something, you go, oh man, it's like that the farmer, you know, he says, when you sow the seed, yeah. uh, it's going to, you're going to bring fruit, oh, if you absolutely. plant apple seeds, you're going to have apple as fruit. Um, So the the tangible faithfulness of God is always exciting. And not that we, let me be clear, Uh, we don't give to get. We give because we honor God. We give because we we really want to not let anything control my life. And the Bible says uh, you can't have two masters. And he says you can't have uh, God and money as your master. He didn't say God and the devil, money, because money just can have a grip on our lives. And I know one thing that helps us to to release that grip or have, let it have no power over us by saying, first of all, God, it all belongs to you. Second of all, I'm going to give you the first part and that immediately just kind of it just breaks the power of, of, of that over our lives. So, uh, you know, Ken, what I love about you, you're authentic, you've, you've lived a life, you, you don't just talk to talk, you walk the walk in your life. And I hope that uh, our people just got some kind of hope, inspiration to, to, to trust you, to trust God uh, with their finances. Yeah, all right. Hey, can we just welcome all eight campuses? Good to have all of you with us. I was at uh, Carrollwood last week, and man, they're just fired up for God. And uh, I just, man, they, what a great team Carrollwood has. You guys are doing an awesome job. Of course, Suncoast just opened up, uh, I think three weeks, weeks ago. Come on, our brand new campus, Suncoast. Good to have you. I don't I'm just moved right now, uh, Ken. I've known Ken for 30 years, and uh, man, I know he's experienced what I'm gonna talk about today. The, the, he's experienced the faithfulness of God because uh, he has been faithful to, to you know, this idea of sowing and, and planting and, and waiting for the harvest. And, uh, and I don't know, Ken, you've inspired me. I mean, he comes to our Saturday night service here at the Van Dyke on the front row, and I just see him smiling and worshiping God, but I've seen him the same way when things weren't going good. But I can tell you what Ken has experienced that during times of drought and uncertainty, he still planted the seed. It's so easy to not want to plant when things are going bad, but instead of holding on, he kept just planting seed. And you know what? I just hit someone in the front row. (laughs) You know what? The harvest did come. And it kept coming, and, and, uh, and I want you to hopefully be able to experience that. Uh, I, unfortunately, I've changed the message. Uh, I, I had to call the, the team just about 30 minutes ago. Hey, I have some scriptures I want to share, because I, 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 they put all this together, and I am going to talk about this, this powerful principle of, of sowing and reaping, but I'm going to maybe do it through a, a little different uh, route And so this may look a little messy, hang in there. I believe if God changes something like this, and it's probably been nine months since I've done, like, okay, take that one and start over. But someone needs to hear this today. Someone needs to hear this story in the Old Testament that is a crazy story, but it has to do of trusting God with your stuff, with your income, with your finances. Uh, Anyone have a problem with that? We all have, right? Come on. If we're all honest, man, it's hard, okay? So in this story, I'm gonna read it to you. It's in 1 Kings 17. Many of us have read it. Some of you may have not and it starts in verse seven. Very interesting story. It says, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. He's talking to the prophet Elijah. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. Now look at this. is God giving the prophet directions. It's important you understand God's directing him. I love when Ken said, man, dive in, hear the voice of God. God will lead you. The brook is dried up. He says, I want you to leave here. And then he says, I have commanded, you, uh, commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. Now, this is God's plan, but this is pretty hilarious when you see the story. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Now remember, God has directed this, right? <laughs> this is funny to me. I mean, why didn't he send him some rich guy down the road who has plenty? You ever ask that? Why? why there's a guy, there's a little widow picking up sticks and God says, she's gonna meet your need. Why would God pick on a single widow? She says this to him, give me a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Now, I don't know what your definition of poor is. That's poor, they're getting ready to die. I think Elijah at this point is going, God, did you send me to the wrong person? You want me to ask this person for food They're getting ready to die? Listen, God sometimes isn't logical when he tells us to do something. So Elijah said to her, I would have kind of walked away. I'm not gonna ask that lady anything. She's dying. I'm gonna ask her for her last pancake? You kidding me? but he he decides to obey God because see what you understand in this, at the end of this, there's a blessing for this lady if she trusts God. Eli said to her, don't be afraid. It's kind of funny. Don't be afraid. Even though you're getting ready to die, don't freak out. Go home and do as I have said. Then he says, but first, come on, everyone say first. First. The principle of first is throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. And if you don't get this principle of first, you're you're gonna miss so much in your life. He says, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. I bet she was getting ready to interrupt him and say, didn't you just hear me? There's only enough for one meal, we're dying. But then he gives her, the promise, the word of hope, the God who is bigger, the God who is able, the God who is Jehovah-Jireh. That's what he begins to give her. And he says this, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the Lord gives rain on the land, gives her a promise in the midst of drought, in the midst of the toughest, tightest times of your life, I'm gonna be Jehovah Jireh, I'm gonna provide for you. This is the word of the Lord from the prophet to the single widow getting ready to die. The story blows me away. Because it's not just about that widow, it's about us. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. And then here it is, the miracle. The God who is bigger, the God who is able, the God who can provide, even in the midst of drought, he says this. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. How did that happen? i tell you what happens, that when we take seed first and give it to the Lord or the prophet, God multiplies it. This is what we begin to see in this story that in the worst of times, If we're willing to trust and obey him, he will do things we never thought he could do. And there's a lot of people, probably under the sound of my voice, who have believed in the principle of first and sowing and reaping that can amen. They can say, I remember being here, but now I'm here because of the faithfulness of God and I was willing to obey. So what did... God say, what, what, what did he say to this woman, really? What Elijah was saying, hey, don't worry. <laughs> you kidding me? I'm getting ready to die. He says, don't worry, trust them. See, the widow had to trust what the prophet said, not her current circumstances. And every year we do this series on finances and people focus on their current circumstance and their need instead of what God may be asking them to do. So what we see in this story is that she passed the need test and we all have to pass the need test. What is the need test? I have needs and you want me to do what? You want me to give to you first before my needs? This is what God directed the prophet to tell the single widow that if you will pass the need test and, and put God first, I'm gonna meet your needs. He goes on. See, I think sometimes that we are held hostage because we focus on our need instead of who God is and how big he is. Jesus in the New Testament, Matthew, goes through this whole, go read the whole chapter, chapter six. He's talking about our needs. And he summarizes it at the end and he says, so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, the unbelievers, run after all these things. They pursue them, they hold on to them. That's their drive, that's their motivation. But he says, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Do you know that? Your heavenly Father knows exactly everything you need that's a huge truth. If you get a hold of it, he knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. He knows. So he was trying to get them to faith, the focus of faith on God. So here's the second thing I see in this story: that out of her need, she sowed a seed. Right? Again, out of her need. I'm getting ready to die, but the prophet said, I know you are. I mean, I, 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 you didn't say that, but I'm thinking, what are you doing? He said, No, just make up make some bread for me first. See, the prophet here really represents God. No, just give to me first. So. Out of her need, she sows a seed. See, Paul uses this seed and farmer metaphor in 2 Corinthians 9. If you want to do a little homework that will really encourage you to see your father in heaven and how big God is and the power of this principle of sowing and reaping, go read all of 2 Corinthians 9 because it's a metaphor on giving through seed. See, Paul is saying that the farmer understands the power of seed. And for them, seed was their income. When they planted it, they reaped a harvest and they would sell some of it and they would eat some of it. So what do you see? Do you you see see, this seed is not an expense, it's actually their future. See, sometimes we think that money, if we give it as an expense, actually, no, you're sowing into your future. Because the farmer knows this when he sows, if he doesn't sow seed, he knows there's no harvest. Right? So here's, here's what Paul says. And he said, remember this, he's, he's trying to inspire the people in Greece. He's getting ready to take an offering over there. So he's trying to remind them and inspire them about the power of generosity. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Okay, there's one. I'm done, thank you, God, right? See, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously, man I'm gonna sow generously, I'm making a mess. I mean, this guy's gonna love this. But whoever sows generously is gonna reap generously, right? This is a law, it works. This law of sowing and reaping is in every area of your life. Your life is a field. Do you understand you living in a field and you're all farmers? that every day we are planting and reaping in the spiritual world and in our natural world. You're planting kindness and forgiveness and mercy, you're gonna reap back what? Kindness and mercy and forgiveness. But if you sow anger and resentment and unforgiveness, you will reap that back. You sow trouble, you you will reap a whirlwind back, amen? It's a law that works in every area, but it also works in the area of finances. If you sow a life or plant a life without God on this earth, you will reap a life without God for eternity. It's a a principle that works in every area, spiritual and natural. The farmer knows if, if, if you don't plant seed, you can't expect the harvest. He knows that his financial security and future is on planting. People are freaked out when we talk about finance because they've missed out on some of the powerful truths. That's why we hope you take our financial freedom class. It's a four or five week class, man, get registered for it. It's gonna help you manage the 100% that you have so you can be, have peace in your life and have financial freedom in your life. See, financial freedom isn't making more money. It's managing what you have more responsibly. It's, it's learning to live on less. It's saying, I make this much, I'm gonna live on this much, which means sometimes we have to curb our appetite for certain things that we, listen, want. There's a difference between God meeting your needs and meeting your wants. And it's so important that we understand that, that we gotta be good stewards of all we have, and, and God will, will help you through this, please. Man, go through that class. We thought it was a finance class. It's actually a marriage healing class. Because we see couples all the time not on the same page when it comes to finances, and that's trouble. And this helps align you to God's plan for your finances. So please, I, every canvas I think is offering it. Um, so okay, let's get back to the widow. So the widow, uh, here's what we know about the widow. The widow first gave to the prophet And it requires faith to give God the first part. How many of you know that? It took faith. Would you say it took faith for her to do that? She could have said, wait a minute, let us eat first. Then if there's anything left, Elijah, then we'll give you some. But somehow she believed and trusted in the word of the Lord from the prophet. And she first gave to him, and then she saw a miracle before her eyes. I wish I'd have done the study about how long that drought lasted, but uh, some commentary I think said another year. Little cup of oil, flour, bread for a year. Pretty good deal, would you say? See, what we don't understand is God can take what we have when we offer it to him and multiply it and bless it and protect it in a way you never dreamed of. But you'll never know that unless you decide to say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna give you the first part. See, the, the widow gave the first. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, when Jesus went through this whole thing about how Father knows all your needs, then he says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness in all these things. Come on, everyone say things. We all love things, I like things. I just can't let things control my ability to honor God by giving to him first. I just got one of those things this weekend. I'm so, I just tell my wife, thank you. You know what I got for Valentine's? A bigger TV. (laughs) I've been for two years wanting to do it. And and anyway, I don't know why. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. (laughs) Yeah. Love that woman. Proverbs 3 says this, honor the Lord. How do we honor God? Here it is, by giving him, come on, everyone say it. First part, not the last, not the leftovers. The first part of all your income. And then here's the promise again, just as the Elijah and the the, the widower's promise, and he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow. I love that word overflow. God does more than we ever can imagine. Did you know when you plant one apple seed, it can produce 100 apples? Did you know that one kernel of corn can produce a stock that can have like 10, 12 ears on it? The power of multiplication, it's a, it's a law. It's a, and we don't give to get, but there's something powerful when you understand that when we sow, we're gonna reap. Overflow of wine vats with the finest, finest wines, right? Not what I used to drink back before I would say Boone's Farm wine. It was $2 a bottle back in 1975. Anybody remember Boone's Farm? This is before Jesus days, okay? So I'll just keep moving. I have no idea where I'm going right now. Here's what I know and many have experienced, and I hope that you wanna uh, go to a financial freedom class. I hope that you would, uh, I know we have a lot of financial testimonies that hopefully will be coming up on our social media platform, but the blessing comes when we give first to God because he rewards faith. He rewards faith in our lives. See, it it doesn't take faith to say, well, I'll just see if there's anything left, then I'll do it. No, it, it takes faith to do it first. And I know that the question we always have, and Paul answers this question in 2 Corinthians is, will I have enough, right? That's a legitimate question, by the way. I don't want you feeling any condemnation or guilt. I heard what Ken said, man, God loves you right where you're at. Start somewhere then. Say, God, I I can't do the 10, but I'm gonna do two. Start somewhere. But here's what we know, 2 Corinthians 9.8 is what we all want, and there's another, I'm gonna find that somewhere, there it is. 2 Corinthians 9.8, this is what we all want in our financial world, this is, this is the, the crux, the summary, the cornerstone of what we want, but we gotta trust that God can do it. Is God able to do this? He says he is, but it says this, and God will generously provide all you need. He did it for that widow. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share of others. Man, look at that. Generously, all, always, everything you need, plenty left over. Man, does that sound good to you? This is not me trying to, this is what the Bible's telling me. And it doesn't say plenty left over to hoard. See, some people have misunderstood surplus. Some people have misunderstood the blessing of God isn't for you just to hoard, it's to be a river of blessing to the kingdom of God. You know? So we see this powerful principle of 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And so really what what we we should try to do is is to cultivate a lifestyle of, of generosity. See, we know this, that God supplies seed for sowers. Did you, he supplies seed for sowers. So if you're not sowing and you're wondering where's, what's going on with my seed, well, another thing, another thing a farmer knows too, a farmer knows this, you can't eat all your seed. If you eat all your seed, you, or if you convert your seed into bread and you eat it all, you have nothing to plant in the spring, which means you're not going to have a harvest and so our income, what we get in, we can't consume all our seed. God wants us to use it, to convert it, to, to meet our needs and house and food, and, but you can't eat all of it because when you eat all of it, you don't provide yourself a financial secure future. You gotta, you gotta take some of it. The Bible says you set aside and you plant the seed. So anyway, this says, verse 10 says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will always supply and increase your store seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness." Wow, so he will increase the store of my seed. That means I could possibly start here, this bucket, or I might start with a little cup, but if I continue to be faithful, God will move me from this size bucket to this size bucket to maybe this size bucket. And we've seen that, many of you have seen, this is where I started, and this is where I'm at now, and you, and you see the power of, of sowing and reaping. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says this, farmers, just pretend you're a farmer right now, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. Ooh, it sounds like a good message, Craig. You almost got me. But you know what? When I get that promotion, then I'm gonna start. Or how about this one? When I get that deal done, man, I got the big deal coming in. Listen, if you don't give God from the little deal, you're never gonna give him the, from the big deal. When when my my kids get out of college, then I'm going to start. No, you won't, because then they're going to want money to help them buy a house. How about this one? When I pay off the car, then I'm going to do it. Or how about this one? What if this happens we start imagining all these things what if my air conditioning goes out or my car breaks down all all the what ifs will keep you too because see this principle this farmer who wait for perfect weather never plant and if they watch every cloud they never harvest amen just talk to you for a minute i know how difficult this is but I can tell you my prayer for Grace Family Church that you would experience 2 Corinthians 9, 8. That you would experience the faithfulness of a mighty God, the power of planting seed, the power of trusting God and obeying God and putting them first. One of the joys of my life is hearing from people like Ken and others, I'm talking hundreds and thousands, who have said some of the very same things to me, Craig, I. God is so faithful and I wish I would have started earlier. And, and it's not easy. Even in, even as a as a giver and a planter of seed, there are still times of uncertainty and, and drought, but he's a faithful God. You know, and, and just so you know, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I used to really, and I do care about what you think, especially on this subject. I care a lot. That's why I changed the whole. I mean, I, I flipped this thing around and 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 this-I just, I just want you to that catch the heart of God in this, man, that he cared for that little widow in such in a miraculous way, and he, and he cares for you. And, and, and man, we can't let fear hold us hostage, though. We can't let uh, this overwhelming fear of, I'm just never gonna have enough to keep us from doing something that God says, if you'll begin to do this in your life, maybe not right away, because how many know that when you plant, there's a waiting period? It's so funny. People say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'll give God a week. There's a waiting period. A farmer never plants a seed, and the next day goes out and goes, where's the corn? I don't see it. He knows the principle. You, you plant, and you seed time, and then there's harvest time, and then there's what we call the, the waiting time. And that's the part that Ken said in a video where it takes 100% faith. Amen, 100%. God, I'm waiting. You're a faithful God. You said you're Jehovah Jireh. You're a provider. I'm gonna trust you. Okay? And you've heard all my stories. That's why I'm not telling them this year. Okay? All the stories Debbie and I went through of trusting God when, and, and it just was, it was hard. But God never forsook, forsook us. We saw, we saw all of our needs be, be met. Now we drove old cars for a while. There's some things we had to to let go of and to give up on because we said we're not gonna let that be first place in our lives. God gets the first part and we're just gonna learn to live on this. And we dedicate ourselves to that decision and we never regret it. And, And fast forward, it's this amazing journey. Some of you are at the very beginning of that journey. Some of you might be right in the middle of it. God, we're faithful, Craig, but man, it's been It's been tough. Well, the worst thing you can do is stop planning. Gotta keep believing. Believe he's bigger, right? He's almighty. He's Jehovah Jireh in your life. But I, I hope that if you've struggled, or maybe you're doing okay, but maybe you're struggling in your finances, you would check out the financial freedom class. It'll help you. It'll give you some tools that you need. It'll get you, if you're married, together on the same page. If you're single, it'll get you where you need to be. Some of you single people are crazy. I mean, I, I talked a guy the other day, makes great money, has no kids, no nothing going on in his life, and he says he's broke. He's broke because, man, he's got so, he got so consumed with consumption instead of creating margin in his life. They're afraid. I'm not looking at you because you're single over there. I, I, I'm just, I'm looking around the room. <laughs> Someone's like, put their head down on me. I don't know. I was just looking around the room. Amen. Yeah, Can I pray for you? And, and we carve out a little time because I, I, I want you to remain seated during this song. They're gonna come up and sing that song about we've seen the faithfulness of God. And, and, and I, I, can, I can tear up and cry because I've seen the faithfulness of God in many areas of my life. But this one area, God has shown up big time, time and time again. But I wanna pray for you right now on every campus. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, that they would see a heavenly Father who knows every need. God, that we would believe what you said, that you are more than able to not only meet our needs, but there'll be plenty left over to share with others. God, help people to take a faith, a step of faith, to trust you in this realm of their finances, God. Help them, God, to just trust you and begin even today, Lord. And God, as we sing this song on on every campus, God, I just pray that we would just reflect on how good you are. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.